Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And we are talking today about salmon fishing in the Yemen. The Ewan McGregor and Emily Blunt film, directed by Lassie Hallstrom. And um, we will be discussing this film at length, probably, uh, but it will be full of spoilers. So if you have not seen the film, just be forewarned that uh, we will be treading into spoiler territory here. Uh, This is obviously from the book of the same name. Lloyd and I have not read this book. Lloyd, you haven't read this book? No, no. No. Never uh, even heard of it. This feels like a film that has been made for awards, if you ask me. It feels like a formula kind of film that uh, they've said, all right, we'll um, we'll adapt this best-selling book, and the reason this will work for awards is because we will get the screenwriter of Slumdog Millionaire to adapt it, and he is well-versed in awards. I think he did Full Monty as well? Oh, possibly beforehand. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't checked. Um, it's So it's well-adapted, and it's a good quality product of an existing piece. You know, it's interesting. The problem... Well, hang on. I think that's the problem. It's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say uh, the problem with modern cinema, there's no characters, there's no story. This had characters. This had a story. The acting had... was even okay at yeah, times. The acting was solid. The... Uh... And it's terrible. It is a horrible, horrible movie. I was so bored. It was so by the numbers. It was so predictable. You know, and the modern... To those critics that complain about that, this is probably one of the ones that they want. Like, they want a story. You know, they want a story. They want characters. And this is one of those films, but... It's like political. It's got an assassination attempt. Yeah, it's got It's got those. kind of a love story happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's significant others there, which I want to get into, but it's... It's amazing how they've stuffed that up. It's uh, how awful that is. Maybe that's not the answer. Maybe good quality stories or screenwriting would help. Maybe good quality direction would help. I think that was a big fault of the film. I can't fault the actors. I think they're in trouble to get... You know, I think they all did a great job. Everyone did a great job. It was just a terrible story to begin with. Terrible screenplay. It was so dated. It felt like a film that should have came out in the 90s or something, late 90s. I don't know. Like, not the political element of it, but the, it was just so by the numbers, wasn't it? It was like a, uh, I, I don't know, well, uh, a film student's ultimate script appealing to all the teachers. Yes, you've got to have the climax here, the catalyst here, the crisis here. At this point, the character should meet this. Oh, my God. What was painful for me was when the soldier came back. You know, the soldier wasn't dead. It was so telegraphed. Mm-hmm. You knew that was coming. Yep. And there was going to be this awkward moment. And he was so badly written. Like, he's so w- handsome. He's so well-spoken. He actually waited for her. Yep. And he was so okay with everything. Her running off. You know, and she was like, oh, not tonight. I yep. can't do it tonight. Oh, do you think a soldier, a high-class level soldier who's been in the dirt for so many weeks near death is got to come back and go all right honey let's get it on no i have to wait oh yes i understand Uh, quite exceptionally i'm a british gentleman if you've if you've seen (laughs) homeland um nicholas brody the character played by damian lewis in homeland phenomenal show yeah it's really good we had the uh finale play a few weeks back in australia yeah of the first season although um i don't want to get into that here i've got a lot to say about that um i don't think it ended well if you ask me anyway the uh the character nicholas brody comes back uh, from being a POW and uh, basically ravages his wife in a way that is 
very full-on and violent and would not have fit it at all in this film. I was thinking if I was directing this, oh man, I would have went to town on the script. I would have went, no, we're going to put the F word here. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, that's not what the character was. I would have dirtied up. The guy was so handsome, the soldier. He you was and McGregor's so shirts were so white and clean oh, too for being in the desert. It's such a stiff British film. It's so stiff. Perhaps, oh. perhaps it was telling that the audience we were with there was all old people. Yeah, that's a good point, wasn't it? And um, weirdly, I mean, I didn't, didn't see the connection here, but there were three people in wheelchairs and all old people. Yeah. And one of the old people said, have you ever seen so many wheelchairs? Which I thought was really a horrible thing I to say. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I just sort of turned my head and I thought, wow. What, was <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. Yeah. But this was the audience we went with, and there were not many laughs. This is supposed to be quite a satirical, funny film. I thought it was comical when Ewan McGregor ran into a glass door yeah. at one <laughs> point. Fun. I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, and then Emily Blunt's character laughs about it a few seconds later. Um, but then later on, you learn that he has Asperger's. Asperger's? Asperger's. It's Asperger's. The whole thing about it. No, really, it's called Asperger's. There's a disease. People have labeled it Asperger's. We're saying it right. But although the English pronunciation is Asperger's, I think. Okay. Well, it's I'm a, calling it Asperger's. <laughs> it's um, characterized by significant difficulties in social interaction. I didn't get that from him. Like, does he initially have it? Or well, yeah. It, in the synopsis of the film, it says that he has it. Yes. Oh, no way. I didn't and, not get that from. And him. I, I hadn't read the book. I'm guessing the book is quite good sure. because it Paul Torday's novel, uh, comic novel, apparently. Uh, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen was the winner of the 2007 Bollinger Everyman Wodehouse Prize for Comic Writing and serialised on BBC Radio 4 and it won the Waverton Good Read Award in 2008 so it sounds like it's quite a good book hasn't been translated well to no, the screen I can't imagine the book would be any better <laughs> alright so he has Asperger's alright um, and that wasn't really told to us until like an hour into the film well, think back now, Ewan McGregor's performance, that tells a lot because he did a lot of the shifting of the eyes, he was very uncomfortable, I guess, that goes... If you've I read the book, character, if you've yeah. read the book or a synopsis, you probably know yeah, that. Yeah, pick up on right? those things, But sure. we hadn't, had no, we? No, no. Like, both of us went in and went, alright, we know this film you, is... You're telling me that now you read that in the synopsis, I thought it was just the thing she said to insult him. Oh yeah, yeah. the guy's got ass, but, you know, really insulting <laughs> yep. him. I thought, oh, okay, and then now well, you tell me, oh, that was... He actually does have ass, <laughs> And that, that's another element of why I thought this was made for awards was because it's like he has a condition and he has to act accordingly, you know, and have poor you know, social like skills. It felt like one of those cheap... Oh, although it had a big budget, it wasn't cheap. definitely wasn't cheap. But it felt like one of those made-for-TV movies that they play in the daytime to the retired... Midday home. movies. Yeah, mid it felt like a midday movie. It was yeah. just so polished. He doesn't swear. He's so handsome. It's, oh, I hate those movies. They're so unreal that it becomes insulting and I can't yeah you, you know we're seeing it with all the old people I hope they come home going yes dear that was a terrible movie wasn't it <laughs> let's go watch Generation Kill you know I hope that happens my god well this is the same kind of film as War Horse to oh me. absolutely you hit it on the nail there yeah yeah no. <laughs> this is this yeah. is I mean if you haven't heard it We've had a go at Warhorse in the past, and now the podcast is available online, so you can all have a listen to what we thought <laughs> of that one. Ranting about Warhorse. <laughs> well, I feel like this is part two of like the checklist out. It's got to have this. It's got to have that, and the, and the producers are just ticking all the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very stiff. 
not knowing he had any kind of condition, I thought, um, who is this guy who's working in this dull office, who's really into fishing, and fishing apparently is all about patience, right? And so I thought, all right, I've got to be patient with this film. It's going to be that kind of thing. And I was just waiting and waiting (laughs) and hoping something good would happen. And as you say, it was very predictable. I almost wish there's a scene where the shake is... uh, They attempt to assassinate him. Oh, that was terrible And it was it was tense music. I'm doing a little uh, air quotations. (laughs) A little tense music so you knew it was happening. Really dumbing it down. I almost wish they would have killed him. Because then it would have been like they would have been carrying on this job that had been given to them that they still would have been getting paid for yeah that it was his last request that this happened yeah sure it would have created better stakes almost like it didn't matter to me that he lived or died he he's just the thing that starts this whole series off and know? how poorly directed choreographed was that like I'm, an assassin who a, a terrorist cell have sent and he <laughs> executed by the poorest way and he gets fo- floored by a fishing fishing rod oh my gosh guys i mean if you're about to kill somebody bring in a good second unit director grab the guy who just did gladiator just go mate we just got these little actions would you be able to just do that oh it was so bad he also yelled out right beforehand like hey everybody look at me i'm about to shoot you (laughs) yeah yeah now is your chance to react and and how far away was he with a pistol as well that's a close combat weapon i don't know much about guns but i know that enough (laughs) <laughs> it's so bad I hated the part this is like iconography a lot of filmmakers do it for deeper meaning and stuff like this I know the director's going to be going on and on about it in the choreography uh, in the commentary but there's a scene where um, which is really the catalyst of the story I guess like he's walking on a pedestrian crossing and something hits him a light bulb hits him I've got to turn back and go back to the girl. Back to see Harriet. Yeah, Emily Blunt's Harriet, character. Which was another poorly written scene because why would she stay in her apartment? I know she's broken up, but she could just get a phone call and be right back. No, I have to stay here. And now we have why mobile do you have to stay phones. Here? I don't have a good reason why I have to stay in this particular room, but this is just for us to get more intimate. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. And there's this whole shot the director spends a long time on, so it really the the audience really remembers the imagery. It cuts to a top shot of the crowd and aerial one shot, guy, yep. aerial shot, and one guy's going against the wave, yeah, going back. And I think I made a joke to you with the salmon was swimming, and one goes back. He's got to go back, just like in the- <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. There's, uh, there's similarities between what yeah. you and McGregor's character, yeah, Alfred. Back to the DNA. <laughs> Brilliant. It's built in. It's instinct. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part for me about the whole thing, the worst part was the soldier. He was, too, he was just all the all the ticks that the producers want in a in a book. He was good looking. He waited for the girl. He was, you know, he was. He so, was he was like James Marsden in the Notebook, right? He's I the guy. That. I heard that's the ultimate chick flick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Rachel McAdams has to choose. Spoilers for the Notebook, everyone. Uh, Rachel McAdams has to choose between Ryan Gosling and James Marsden, and James Marsden's like um, the nicest guy. He's so nice, he's going to let her go and figure herself out and all that sort of thing, you know. And then. The nice guys finish last mentality, you know, you don't wind up with the girl this way kind of thing. Oh, man. They should have just had a Ken doll 
like a full life-size Kendall just standing in the room not saying anything because oh but you have to go to Iraq and then cuts to him he's just standing there cuts back you know and just play it like that that would have been heaps better than the crap that we saw uh, I don't know it would have almost been better if he had turned her into an army joke remember she was like oh I don't do this dirty him up a bit like made him pissed off and yeah. leave like he's uh, he was very two dimensional oh, some stupid line at the end oh just so you know you don't owe me anything yeah. like he knows what that means and he's okay with them living together I would have had him go and then just spit on the ground and drive off <laughs> yeah cause she's like this is so real this is so special they've been together three weeks at the end of the I day. know that's the big thing they were together for three weeks maybe she's which one of those which is 21 girls. days maximum yeah well maybe she's one of those girls that latches on I could probably live with that but come on this is so ridiculous it's it and there was a bit right which really got me where she said I can hardly remember his face like, why doesn't she have a photo of him? <laughs> yeah, Facebook's have, around, honey. Yeah. Yeah. They have um, they have camera phones, right? And they're doing videos. There's all those shots where they're making videos and stuff when they're in Yemen. Yeah. And she can't remember his face. She hasn't taken a picture of him in 21 days, you know, but they seem to be spending a lot of time together. <laughs> you know, they've been intimate, like, and she can't remember his face. It hasn't been that long. Anyway. And I guess the the big triumph of the movie that everyone's going to go on about was the press woman. I, I, she's a famous actress. Kristen remember. Scott Thomas. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually she an plays- easy role to play and she's got all the best lines. So she has fun with it. She, she does. And she knew she had like, oh, I've got the best role in this movie. I'm going to run away. And she did. She was great. You yeah. know, she was awesome. But you can that see doesn't it. save it. <laughs> you can see her winning some British supporting actor yeah. type of role uh, award rather absolutely because it's she made knew for what awards she had as well. it's made for awards yes, it, it is yeah it's- and I'm going to be so disheartened Dave when, because a lot of people were positive about War Horse and I'm, I'm so glad that we were just and I think it's the same thing that, about this like it's going to win a lot of critical awards it's going to get top maybe rated. I feel like it's like two stars kind of thing I hope it is but I feel okay. like it's, it's just going to hit something with the, with the audience it's going to hit a chord oh what a sweet movie it's great to see a movie like this nowadays where you know it's about characters it has a story and stuff well yeah it did have all those things but that doesn't mean it's good mm. you know for the, oh god <laughs> i think the real saving grace of this film is emily blunt is pretty and she's mm. nice yeah, to look at nice, yeah. um ewan mcgregor does a competent enough job acting he's, he's still good yeah yeah the directing isn't phenomenal no and the plot isn't that interesting um yeah like watching the two of them this film would probably be better if both of them could have gotten together more because she's in this other relationship. She can't really... She needs more time. She can't move in on your McGregor's character, Alfred. And he was in this loveless marriage at the beginning of the film, mm. which is really horrible to watch. Yeah. You know, it's so loveless. Like, he wants to have a baby at one point. She's not even listening yeah, to him. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Then they sleep together, and then we catch the last ten seconds of it, right, in the, the way it's edited. <laughs> and her line where she says... That'll do you. That should do you for a while. Wow. Yeah, it's just like so... Brutal, then, wasn't it? Then yeah. he, he says, thank you. 
Like he's so grateful for the attention. Yeah, yeah. And she says, "All right, good night." And then they go to sleep straight away. Oh, it's what a terrible world. It's probably an accurate depiction. Probably, maybe. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm married. This is not the way I talk <laughs> yeah. with my wife. No, no. But for that, for that kind of class level, I guess in Britain, maybe. I know, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, the thing was when she overreacted when he quit his job. Yeah. You know, he was still making really money. Maintain that level. They're obviously wealthy. That's what I got from it. It was about prestige as well. Yeah, though, you know. Because yeah. she said the thing that got me was not only the house they were living in. I guess it's pretty not modest for an Englishman, but pretty upper class. Mm. But was when she said a top position, you give up a top position. That's when I went, okay, so maybe he is a wealthy Englishman, you know, or yeah. British person rather. So Patricia Maxwell, the PM's assistant, yep. you mentioned she had all the best lines. Yeah, she had the best lines. She had the best role. In the yes, movie. she yeah. did. She easily had the most dominant best role and as well even with her kids and stuff like that stuff happening in the background made it more realistic what she was doing and she's all about PR it's all political it's all spin you know you you take the situation you make it work to your advantage you know all that sort of stuff Um, it was all just a big stunt at the end of the day I mean they didn't they didn't care whether or not this worked no. or not. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, Ewan McGregor's character doesn't care if it works or not. Emily Blunt is being paid to care whether to, to make this work. It's amazing it, how fast the media disappeared after an attempted assassination. Yes. And not only the ambassador, but the main guy of Yemen, the Sheikh of Yemen, and there's no media around. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Or maybe maybe he, the story he, takes he, place after the media fanfare. I don't know. Maybe they Well, no, they kind of played it down. He said, go on as if this hadn't happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, they right. made the assassination attempt nothing in the sense of the film. Like, it didn't change anything. He He knew he had people who weren't happy with this and and the western culture and stuff and they made this so minimal in the scheme of things they said uh oh you know that scene you just watched just pretend it didn't happen (laughs) it it wasn't meaningful at all because it was it wasn't about that it wasn't about that it was about these two people getting together and some weird war hero looking out in the distance (laughs) it was a love triangle oh god um he, the only reason they had that scene was so he could say you've saved my life I'll save your life remember that I'm going to save your life oh, at yeah, some yeah. point <laughs> yeah. and then when the because water gonna... when the That's water's great. rushing over them he can say I'll help you first this is my debt I'm it, repaying it my life it would be great if he was all garbled he goes oh, oh I understand <laughs> oh you want me to go first <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, any scenes you liked, other than other than the PM, because that's too easy to go. Oh yeah, I like the PM. He had she had all funny lines. Other than any of her scenes, anything you liked? I liked the fact that they referred to him as Doctor Jones, which made me think of Indiana <laughs> it Jones. Did, oh, it did to me as well. Every time, every time they said Doctor Jones, I just had the theme song play in my head. Oh, that would be a, a much better movie than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a problem, though, isn't it? Oh, that you yeah. go, oh, you know what's a better film than this? <laughs> yeah. While you're watching a film for the first time. Oh, I don't know. <gasps> Any scenes you liked? Anything at all other than that? Ugh. Well, uh, one I'm struggling th- to think of one. Just to, I want to say, one of the things that bugs me... I like Emily Blunt. So let's... Sure. Okay. I liked Emily Blunt. She was pretty good in this. Sure. Um, you know, she was just playing kind of a girl next door kind of kind of character there wasn't anything like in the devil wears prada she's really doled up and stuff like that um you know she she did this adequately and Mm. she's yeah you know easy on the eye really um one of the things that bugged me though and we're going to keep coming back to the negative i can't see us talking too positively about this it's not aimed at us is it no 
the, the, the cinema was full of old people and for some unex- unexplained reason people in wheelchairs I don't know <laughs> there were three and that didn't seem like a lot to me until that old Which woman said it thing. I, yeah, it's fun, no, but it, yeah it was just strange yeah, yeah. it just it just happened that yeah. way um, it feels like this is targeted to a much older group than us but still here we are discussing it on our podcast <laughs> if I'm a rich shake right I'm not spending my money creating a fishing yeah, agriculture so extreme. It, it felt like he had a helicopter he had a castle you know like he could have been doing so many things I mean I'm going to travel the world I'm going to find all these things I'm interested in why can't he just go and fish somewhere else you know travel fish why bring it to Yemen yeah yeah, yeah he, he wants his whole country to embrace it and people are trying to kill him for it you know if I'm getting shot at I'm like maybe rethinking this whole thing you know maybe I'm saying alright I'm going to step back from this project for a while the idea of agriculture was acceptable mm-hmm. like yeah sure his bringing... motives in the end maybe yeah. were explained a yeah, bit better yeah the fishing aspect of it I don't know maybe there's something we, we just don't know about <laughs> Well, he says there's like... Uh, let me see if I can find it. He says something like it's patience, tolerance, and humility. Oh, in fishing. In fishing. Yeah. And I think you needed all those things <laughs> to get through the movie. I, the only scene I liked in the movie was the contrast between uh, the girl in the office she worked at. How they got the weird chairs and this big thing. To big his rocking office. chair? Yeah, yeah. The big yeah. rocking chair to his office. I thought that was two interesting worlds. One is very rigid and straightforward and boring like he's boxing this cubicle mm-hmm. the other one is more open and modern and yeah there was yeah, a, a that, contrast that's, that's it that's that is it? it Dave <laughs> that is the only good thing I liked about it oh, let's see if we can't find something else oh. during the course of this progression <laughs> <laughs> well one of the things that bothers me in movies is when they both have significant others um, last week we talked about American Pie and uh, the fact that like uh, Heather's character just starts kissing Oz on the dance floor at one point when she's with that Dr. Ron guy. That kind of stuff makes me go, really? Like, this is happening? And really early on, both characters, it's established that they have significant others. Her boyfriend's um, missing in action. Of three weeks. Of three weeks, sure. And his wife of many years, because they married young, as he mentions, um, they're having problems too. And boy, does she make an effort. Sending him a text message saying, don't leave me. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to solve your problems. <laughs> don't talk, send a text. <laughs> yeah. And just quietly, oh, and quickly rather, on that scene where he gets the text message, if you look at his phone, he has no reception on his phone. Oh, right. And there's no bars of reception there. And he responds, it's for the best, Mary, you know, and he sends it, message sent. There's no reception. <laughs> it would have went, do do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'd go that's a great. That's a great observation. Maybe it would have wow. gone through eventually, but you think they could have at least CGI'd that? I guess so. There was CGI fish. <laughs> they obviously had a budget for CGI. CGI helicopters as well. Yeah. Oh, maybe they might have been real. <laughs> oh, that was been, that was a really good shot when she hugs the. I know it was cheesy that she hugged the guy. Then the helicopter goes past. Oh yeah, right that, no, that was cool. That was yeah. the best directed shot in the film, <laughs> and I wrote that down on um, a bit of paper, like best directed shot in the film, right there. 
And I knew it was downhill after that. And I knew it wasn't great before that. It's interesting. They go to an exotic place like Yemen. Yep. And it's interesting how none of us have said, oh, it's interesting how they go to Yemen because no shots were memorable. Were, were they? I, was, I don't even think they went to Yemen, you know. Well, like, I mean, it was like a desert. It could have been any desert. I would have yeah. liked to have seen more of the culture, I guess. Like, if you're going to go to those locations, you There was a it. quick shot of, like... Um, yeah, the uh, huts and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah, maybe there was a religious them... gathering or something. It was oh, a that, Sunday. Yeah, but at least have them walking through it or something. Just just to feel that. Like, I don't oh, know, have a Casablanca scene or something. Did, I don't know. Didn't, didn't you find that? When that one woman walked out of the desert and poured water <laughs> in some cups? <laughs> I it was odd, <laughs> odd scene that didn't fit at all. It was so blatant, wasn't it? And they said, the water's cold. The water's cold. <laughs> this will work. Cue camera. <laughs> there was a lot about faith in the film as well. It was yeah. like, oh, I have faith this will work. This will work because I have faith. You know, you've got to believe in something. I'm willing to bet all that was explained better in the book. Yeah. You know, just... They just rushed through that. I, I seriously can't imagine the book being any better. Like... Well, I think if you know he has a condition, it probably explains the sure. the parameters of his condition. And that felt like something that if you hadn't read the book or read a review, sure, yeah. you don't and know he has say, it. Yeah. Uh, the first half of the film is a waste of time because you're watching it going, he's not drinking at lunchtime, he's super dull, he's, you know, this boring Awkward. guy who yeah. awkwardly can't talk to himself, doesn't understand social cues that well. You could suspect, like I did, I suspected something was wrong with him. But at the time, I, I I hadn't figured it out. Like, just the beginning of the film, I was like, all right, Ewan McGregor's playing a guy in an office. He's an expert at fishing and fisheries. So maybe he's a little socially awkward anyway if he's found himself in this... Like, fishing is an isolating sport, mm. you know? And if that's his thing to do, he probably isn't good around people if he likes being alone... No, no that's a good point. ...for yeah, long yeah. periods of time, you know? Uh, I don't know. I found his character super dull. <laughs> yep. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And too, very two-dimensional, like many of the other characters. <laughs> many of them, yeah. Let's talk about the directing for a second. Yeah. Very so stiff. Those aerial shots were one of the only things that was actually any signature style. Yeah. I thought it was very kind of by the numbers. It was very numbers. by the numbers, yeah. The numbers, it was, yeah. wasn't it? Long shot, medium shot, close up, long shot. Oh, they every had, single... They had split screens. Yeah, little te- little text coming up. Yeah, you know, ooh, when they this typed, is modern, right? Drop and drag this plug in. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, like, oh wow, we can hear you actually saying the email out loud. Do we also need you to write it on the screen for us? <laughs> Why don't you just hit us over the head with a hammer while you're at it? <laughs> anyway, the split screens. I was like, okay, which one do I look at? You know, all right, we're having conversations. You get to see both sides of it in real time, and probably the actors were on the phone having those actual conversations yeah at least you get some good like uh, actual acting out of it sure um but then there were these like jarring shots of like for example the um the shaky home video element where they're filming what they're doing in yemen you know they're creating like a found footage style yeah yeah yeah, which i mean i I guess when you're looking at that at the film and saying how will i make this my own and how will i direct this there's only a couple of opportunities like that where he can do anything like that really yeah yeah. like it's interesting like if if I was taking that film on board, there's so many things. I probably would have just went all out digital on it and made it all found footage. <laughs> would have been something. <laughs> oh, it would have been something to save that awful script. I don't know. One, With- of, one of the worst things in all the directing, I thought, was this shot from, like, space. And it shows, like, a map of the world. And it goes forward. And it shows us Yemen. 
Oh, and it's right. like zoom, 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 Google Maps, you know, kind of zoom in towards Yemen, right? To show us that they went to Yemen. Yeah. Then the next shot shows them opening like a plane door and climbing out. And they could have avoided having that jarring map shot and just gone straight to the, and sure. we're in Yemen. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say the assassination scene for me. Was the worst? Was the worst. It was just terribly choreographed. <laughs> and also because, like, just purely the fact that um, he stops the assassination by using a fishing... Fish oh, and And one, one attempt. Yeah, one straight attempt. Straight away. That's <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And it was a poor attempt. That's, that's my argument, uh, problem with it, yeah. Well, the, the going against the current with people walking was just like the fish and just terrible as well. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be crappy. Did you like that, Paul? Did you like that? You know, <laughs> did you get it? It's like the fish. Yeah, I got it. I got it, mate. Yeah, I no, I it. understand the symmetry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a film before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of a film called Brothers? Brothers, no. It has Jake Gyllenhaal, Tobey Maguire, and Natalie Portman. And I'm just going to head into some spoiler territory. If you've seen the trailer for Brothers, this doesn't really spoil anything. Or if you've seen the whole film, enjoy this explanation to Lloyd. <laughs> um, the whole missing in action storyline reminded me a lot of this film Brothers. And uh, Natalie Portman is with Tobey Maguire. And then Tobey Maguire goes off and he's missing in action. And then when he comes back later in the film, uh, Natalie Portman's character has shacked up with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who is the brother of yep. Tobey Maguire. And so it creates this awkward dynamic where he was hooking up with Natalie Portman while that was all going on. It was basically done way better than this film, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, In this film, you have this kind of microcosm of, like, there are two guys and we both like the same girl, and the reason that we thought you were dead, that's the only reason that she was going to move on and stuff. She actually moves on, Natalie Portman, to Jake Gyllenhaal in that film, and it makes it way more interesting. And just to go back to Homeland for a second, similar plot in that... Um, he's been missing for years and she's moved on with his friend, you know, and it makes it really awkward. It's sort of a tried and tested kind of plot device, you know, with missing in action kind of, they come back and the world has changed. It's a cliche. Sure. Yeah. But this guy, like you say, her her, um, missing in action boyfriend of three weeks, huge relationship, (laughs) he comes back and he's just like, Oh, you you love her? Oh, okay. Does she love you back? Kind of thing. Oh no, she doesn't. We don't know. There's okay. no anger in her. There's no. no not he's a just speck. a nice. He's guy. just a Kendall. You know, yeah, just yeah. standing there. Do you love her? He didn't. Have, <laughs> he didn't have much to do, did he? No, no, nothing at all. It was. It was so ridiculous. Like, yeah. I also hated how, like, in the world of uh, the political and uh, the public service and whatever they're doing, how everything is threats. It was like, do it or you're fired. You know, here's your notice for you being fired, or you can sign this, which says, you know, you don't give people a choice. Yeah. And then that other guy, he says, um, when he's talking by Skype, he's like, um, which I'm sure was a choice that Lassie Halstrom made to make it more interesting. <laughs> they, they talk via Skype. And there's just like that Skype conversation was cut in two because it was like they were wearing the same clothes. They just sort of. It was boring as one big piece and they split it up. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he was attempting to get all the, the thousands of fish. Yeah. You know, all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and it was like, uh, oh yeah, well there'll be some job cuts and this is a threat and look at it as an opportunity. Mm. You know, all that sort of threatening stuff. It's I don't think I'm made for a political world. If it's like know? that. Oh no, I'm sure that it yeah, is yeah. very behind 
you know, closed doors, cutthroat, you know, lies and stuff. And there's that bit where she gets a phone call and she's like, oh, what did he do with who? Well, at least she's legal, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, where you get that sort of here's what's really going on behind the scenes spin and mm. what people do and don't see yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I don't think I could I could do it because I don't like it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like the lies, I guess, the the threats. Yeah. How it lives and dies through ultimatums. <laughs> yeah. One thing that um, bugged me was when there's a scene where Harriet, Emily Blunt's character, is crying. And uh, Ewan McGregor's character, Alfred, knocks on the door. He comes in, lets himself in, really. There's no come on in. Lets himself in, but he doesn't understand social cues. So that doesn't matter. And uh, he goes to console her. And he's like, oh, you know, it's all right. And all that sort of thing. That was a huge waste of a performance because it was all filmed from the back. You couldn't see her face. Was that the scene where I started putting on sunglasses? <laughs> uh, there's a scene where I went, maybe if I wear my sunglasses, it'll be better. And then uh, I think, no, it wasn't that. It was when the soldier came back. I don't think it was. <laughs> it didn't get better. <laughs> and it was a big waste of a performance because if you could see her face, then I guess you could relate to her more mm. I guess you would feel sympathy for what yeah. she was going through but it was like it was like um, you were blocking out the viewer you know putting the back to the viewer kind of thing and it was really dark and like nothing so yeah. yeah not not well done that scene I thought um, also there was there was bits that were really unrealistic like uh, Mary the wife of Ewan McGregor's character he says oh she says sorry um, are you in love with her you know about Harriet like I've seen her picture on the website and that's who you're working with I know and then are you in love with and her and he attacks her she attacks him right away like you know I'm just like what how does she came out of what? nowhere yeah she, it did it was... she had a day off she went to see him and then she's like really aggressive and stuff and just switched yeah 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 it's like she had a, Unrealistic. Like this whole trap waiting <laughs> what what syndrome does she have that makes her all crazy um, she's she's just snapped and also the are you in love with her and he implies that he is in love with her I felt like there wasn't enough build like why is he in love with her is this he falls in love with everybody like what he's just and he's in a loveless marriage and probably other things seem good but maybe he can like her at this point it doesn't feel like she's yeah. done anything to yeah. deserve any love yet I don't know maybe that was just me it's a selfish film about a selfish fishing project about selfish characters that's a good point yeah yeah that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for the soldier except for the soldier he's the least selfish of all is he <laughs> the Ken doll who would have thought <laughs> there's a scene as well yeah I wouldn't have thought there's a scene the um, where they go night swimming yeah. it just seems really out of nowhere yeah, towards yeah. the end like to build their relationship more uh, one thing I liked, you mentioned, like, let's try and pick apart the good stuff in, in amongst... That, that's what I always look for first when I see a terrible film. What did I like? <laughs> I think they picked good actors. I'm sure that if you read the novel now, obviously... You can't fault the actors. Yeah, yeah, they were in trouble they were good actors. the get-go. I just think... The script was It's a book. Bad. It's not a film. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like a film. It feels like... They talk about the project, the salmon fishing. Could you have fishing. made it better, though, if you'd taken them on board, say you directed it? I reckon there's a lot of things I could have changed that would have made it more... It wouldn't have been a midday movie, but it would have been... How much of the story can you change? <sighs> Not much. Because what? You've got I, to I'll stay true to the dirty. book. I'll just throw a lot more dirt. More blood. I'd make the assassination attempt. I'd focus on that. Well, and 
you could you could change sort of the um it would immediately be more interesting if you changed the um the time right if you started with the assassination attempt suddenly you're like oh wow this film's gonna have some action yeah yeah you know i mean i'm not trying to take it away I'm from just, and make make the characters more real another thing yeah 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 i mean i think you could have him and his wife were breaking up at the beginning and you cut out all that rubbish yeah. with his wife immediately um she could at the beginning be with the prisoner of war but this gives him more time to fall in love with her when he doesn't have a wife in the picture anymore he can be just ending that at the beginning you can see he's now newly single still in a dull job you know that sort of thing um but it feels like these elements were probably in the book to create drama sure you know there was probably more scenes with the wife we don't know about there's probably more scenes in his job and his office which were more interesting and there was more of a reason to have them and there's you know i would have had an attempted rape sequence with the soldier and the girl inside the thing. make like him more she, of a villain yeah make him more of, like completely like he's a war hero seen outside but inside he's this complete monster like something happened to him in afghanistan and she's crying and he comes in you know and just holds her what are you doing and you know she goes oh, i'm confused i don't know what to do this isn't the right time mm. and he's like just mad crazy for her you know i would have that and then just that would have ended them like he would just went fine fine he, the fact know. that he would have changed yeah yeah and then it seemed like he was out. pretty much the same like it didn't seem like it was missing for very long but i know they had time to do the whole project so it must have been months um wherever he was they say it was like maybe afghanistan it's never really explained in the movie because we have this like 107 minute runtime, so we're really constricted in what yeah, happened, yeah. what's happening i'm sure there's lots missing from the book like all movie adaptations time traveler's wife is the worst film adaptation i've seen from a book i've read the book the book's really interesting all the good stuff from the book didn't seem to make it into the film anyway it seemed like they just wanted to make something more m-rated sure. so everyone could watch it anyway when it should have been r it could have been r sure. like there was stuff in there that was really full-on and it would have been an amazing film if it was even ma if they'd left some of the violent elements in it but if you're too polished with characters it does like, it seems like a midday movie yeah yeah like then you're lying to the audience you're creating a fake world and it's crap you mm. know and it's this midday movie garbage you know i'm sure they're good stories you could make when everyone is polished like you, you know but not in this case it, it, everyone just seemed too unrealistic and yep. too way too polished like like they were from a novel like the <laughs> yeah well no they never really explained where he was and what happened and he didn't even explain it to her like wouldn't you have questions don't you think she would say to him what happened where were you you know like because you just went missing and i would have had him traumatized as well he like, wasn't at all traumatized no, he was, he was so like polished, and yeah. i'm ready to go home yeah, guys yeah. i've had a fun time fishing yeah. <laughs> i know i don't know how to do it better than the foreign minister him weird looks and he was just really wanting her i would have just played on that like he was obsessive because he said you kept me going yeah the war. i would have just had that playing to the teal i feel like that would have made her feel really guilty though yeah like and that she had to be with him because she saved his life in a way you know but not after the attempted rape. <laughs> that, that, that would have been more believable to me. Mm, I don't okay. want to sound like I'm a monster or anything, but come on, people. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. <laughs> All right, back to the night swimming scene yeah. real quick. Um, Ewan McGregor has, like, tattoos on his arm, and they covered them quite well, I thought. Oh, right. I yeah. never knew he had tattoos. Yeah, right. he has, uh, like, a big heart with his wife's name and his kid's name kind of scrolled across them and stuff, and, like, a dagger yeah, through it. Or makeup. 
I thought it looked like makeup because cool. I was looking for it. I was like, oh, where's his tattoo? Because in uh, Long Way Round and Long Way Down, the motorbike docos, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah, that he is made with Charlie Borman. He's often got his shirt off or like a sleeveless shirt and you can see this big tattoo sure. with his wife's and kids' names and stuff. So they covered that up quite well. I suppose it would have been something that you had to cover up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, with the night swimming. <laughs> terrible. And when he names a, a fishing lure after her, we learn partway through the film... And then that he symbolically he- crushes it, which makes his hand bleed. <laughs> How, Just like the fish swimming back. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> How sweet is it that he named a fishing lure? This is like the equivalent of a mixtape, I guess, or naming a star after somebody. Yeah, no, that that's the scene. It's a star scene. Mm. And Robert, who is... Yeah, the best shot in the film is that helicopter, isn't it? <laughs> There's when, not much we can say with a bad film. <laughs> there, that, There's that bit, right, where... They're in the room and you suggest that there's a rape scene that could happen. That they're in a tent together. It's the first night since Robert's come back from missing in action. And she says, this is strange. And he goes, bad strange? And she goes, no, good strange. What is good strange? I don't know. Because I, I think of the word strange as being out of the ordinary and not normal, right? And genuine, genuinely bad, like... Strange for me means bad, unusual, you know. Good well, strange. Good strange. David doesn't Lynch film. It's <laughs> a good strange. I guess. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, the the uh, fact that they had these people who hated the the shake and the uh, the way he was bringing the Western world and the Western ways. They flood the area. They flood the dam. And they very easily get past the one guard who's looking after the dam. And then they, like, ninja-style their way in and are easily able to kind of turn on the, the dam waters. Nobody's yeah. really paying any attention no, to that. not at all. And people die. Yeah. They're, Which is annoys me because they just pass over that. Yeah, they're you like... Know. You see the corpses, they're getting covered up with blankets and stuff. And they're like, yep, people it was died. such a big media event of the soldier coming and mm-hmm. everyone fishing. And an even bigger event is... It, people died this whole water you know attempted assassination attempt and everything's ruined and we're back to the soldier and Ewan McGregor <laughs> also after the assassination attempt he says yeah I know who did it yeah oh but I'm not going to bother going any further with it it's like what they did try and kill you yeah. like it's not as if they See, threw a rock that, at your car that's another good excuse for me to go darker if I was I would have had a scene where he was torturing half of them and he goes you're not supposed to see this and he closes the door and you just see the screams mm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah I mean when you're in a foreign country there should be more of this kind of taken element yeah, you know yeah. with Liam Neeson um, where anything can happen yeah kind of thing and but they, they see it like they're in the tents they're going what's going over there and he's like oh you don't want to know but that's the yeah. thing you never get that film because no because it's a midday movie and no yeah. also because of the relationship like if you're going to film in Yemen someone in Yemen has to look over the script and say this doesn't hurt sure. like the the people who live in Yemen it doesn't make us look bad we don't portray it as monsters if you wanted to make that film like you wouldn't happen you know you wouldn't be able to shoot there yeah, that's true i'm guessing that they shot there i didn't stay till the end of the credits to see no the... we we pretty much ran out of there as soon as the credits were on. <laughs> yeah well we we were stuck behind a line of old people <laughs> anyway the um the last thing i want to say about this is uh harriet emily blunt keeps stressing how unlikely 
it is that the two of them would be together you know and they talk about it in a theater theoretical sense and they compare it to like mars like a man mission to mars and stuff and it is unlikely that they would get together but the way they keep like spelling it out to the audience is so annoying i thought and uh how she finds him somehow charming he brings her a sandwich you know and he says the right things sort of at the right time he he pulls out a chair and sits with her for a few minutes it just felt like he was the only guy around she could marry the sheikh (laughs) and try and start a relationship with him that's a good point yeah it's isolation it's like when um well, I don't know, remember what the disease or whatever is called, but when you fall in love with your captors. Oh, yeah, the Forrest Nightingale effect. Yeah. yeah. And where it's, it's felt like that to me, where she was, like, so exposed to him. You know, people in the Big Brother house in Australia. Yeah. Um, years ago when Big Brother was on. It's coming back this year. Um, they had, like, people who were so unlikely that you wouldn't see, they would never would have met each other and stuff. But because they were stuck with the person for so long, it felt like that's why they got together. They were, like... Here are my options. Yeah. And I was most compatible with this one yeah, of the sure. people I have. Yeah. She just didn't have any options. No. You know? And that's what I found really I'll annoying about it. I'll take the Asperger's it. guy, I guess. <laughs> like, the shake's very nice. But I like the Asperger's guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he mentioned he had many wives and stuff. Yeah. And he seemed pretty good at keeping out of the way. Yeah. He was... He was rooting for you and McGregor's character to get together. He, he with was Harry. a really polished guy as well. Yeah, too polished. He was nice about it, wasn't he? Jeez, I would have had. Oh, that's a great idea having a torture sequence. <laughs> well, you can save that for a film of yours. <laughs> well, let's end positively. Uh, this week was salmon fishing in the Yemen. Mm. Uh, next week's podcast will be our second ever interview, which is with a friend of ours, Grant Hawkins, and uh, he has interviewed. Many famous people in the past, and uh, we sat down with him, Lloyd. Yeah, he's a very experienced man of radio. Um, no, he taught us a few things as well, <laughs> so yeah. it was such an honor for us to have him on the show. A great friend as well. So he um, sat down with us, he talked about his uh, impressions and his meeting um, Jeffrey Rush, Russell Crowe, Angelina Jolie. It should be a really interesting interview, and uh, that's what we will bring you next week. Um yeah so stay tuned i guess if you haven't already subscribed in itunes uh you can subscribe by searching for podme if you can all the links are available at podmeifyoucan.com so i would encourage you to get over there and um become a fan on facebook yeah, definitely drop us a line and uh let us know what you thought of the salmon fishing in the yemen i guess we could say don't watch it guys i wouldn't <laughs> recommend this <laughs> although the chances are if you're listening to this you have watched you it. have watched it you poor poor people well if you liked it tell us what was so good about it what, <laughs> yes please what did we us. miss yes <laughs> enlighten us it's really condescending yes sorry <laughs> that's all right um well also one final thing I, I did forget to mention we didn't really talk about this right at the end robert the war guy he just leaves yeah he just walks away and leaves he goes all right they're going to be together and leaves yeah. he's really far away at the end of the film and he, he just accepts that oh well they're walking towards each other that must mean she chooses him that's why i think i said to you this is oh it would be so great if he just spat or something right i would forgive so many errors right now and he did it nope. he walks away and nods <laughs> yeah, he just goes well i guess i'll get in the car and go home it's yeah. Just, yeah and that's what we did afterwards <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, until next week all the best, guys.